We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter number 5, and then also if you'll find Revelation chapter 1 and mark that, the book of the Revelation and chapter number 1, and you'll mark that, but we're going to initially read in 1 Peter chapter number 5, and then if you'll mark Revelation chapter 1, we'll go there here after a while, good Lord willing, and uh, we'll be able to keep, just keep right on moving. 1 Peter chapter number 5, when you find that, if you'd stand with me please for the reading of the Word of God in honor of His Word. We're not going to read a lot tonight. We'll begin our reading there in uh, 1 Peter chapter number 5, we'll begin our reading in verse number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5, looks like we're ready, 1 Peter chapter number 5. And verse number 5. The Bible says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. I tell the message tonight, ain't no, ain't no cares too big for Jesus. I know it's not good English, but it's definitely a good thought, ain't it? Let's pray and we'll get going. Father, we are thankful we can depend upon you. And, and there, there are not any cares that are too big for you. Lord, we just pray that you'd use the message tonight as only you can. We trust you for that. Give us power, Lord, unction. Boldness, help us preach. Liberty, just help us to preach. We pray, please, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. That starts off there, likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. As we've gone through First Peter uh, chapter number 5, we've seen a lot about the subject of submission in these scriptures, haven't we? I mean, during this study, definitely so. Uh, the Bible proves that we, as believers, are supposed to live a life of submission. Although, although really, there, there aren't many that want that type of Christianity. They really don't care about that type of Christianity. They only want to be submitted to themselves, whatever they want to do, wherever they want to go, however they want to be. And I'm not trying to be ugly, it's just the fact, and that's why these non-denominational churches are full, and that's why, these, um, that's why these churches that don't demand anything of anybody are full, and that's why these churches that don't hold people's feet to the fire are full, and that's why these churches that don't preach the Bible are full. And again, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm trying to be very, very realistic here. I'm guaranteeing you people don't want this type of Christianity. They've already purposed in their hearts to live life the way that they want to live their life instead of allowing the scriptures to guide the way. But the Bible does guide the way, doesn't it? No, no. To us that are submitted to it, to us that are willing to follow Jesus, do what he wants us to do, I mean, I mean, the scriptures do guide the way. I, 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 I'm, I'm so very thankful. I'm thankful that we can follow the word of God and he will guide us in our lives. But as sinners, 
Somebody say amen. As sinners saved by the grace of God, as we begin to follow the Lord, at times because of our own wicked flesh, that brings more burdens into our life, doesn't it? And as we begin to separate ourselves from this world and the ways of the world and, and the entertainments of the world and all those different things, it can be burdensome on our own flesh, can it? Truly. It, no, no, really. Um, there are enough burdens to bear without bringing more upon ourselves and on our families. I mean, just according to what the Bible says here. But as we begin to follow the Lord and follow the Scriptures, we're to submit to the role as a stranger in this world. We're, we're just strangers. We're just sojourners. We're just passing through. We're, we're purposed to live our life for the Lord. And we're not to allow ourselves to get caught up in the deceits of this life. We're supposed to have our eyes open by the Holy Ghost of God, see the truths of the Word of God, and follow Him along the way. We're to submit to our role as a Christian in this world. We're to submit to civil authority as long as it doesn't hinder uh, our promised freedoms that we live here. We're to submit to the workplace, being one of the best workers on the job, following the orders of those that are put over us. We're to submit in the home. There's the role of the husband, and there's the role of the wife, and there's the role of the children. No, 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 Bible, no, 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 God has biblical roles. There's a role of a husband, there's a role of a wife, and there's the role of the children. And there's submission in all three of those roles. I'll say it, there's submission in all three of those roles. I was talking to someone about marriage yesterday. I'm not trying to get somebody else to marry. I got more than I can handle now. I was talking to somebody about marriage yesterday, and I said this, if everyone would just submit, the husband, the wife, the children, if everyone in the family would just submit to God's purpose, God's will, and what he has for the husband, the wife, and the children, man, you can have a little taste of heaven at home. Oh, no, no, life is what it's supposed to be when we are submission to what God wants. And then there's submission in the church, uh, the submission of the pastor, the submission of the flock. And then we're to submit, we looked last week, we're to submit to the fact that we will face fiery trials while attempting to live the life that you should be living for God while you're here. There will continue to be fiery trials that you go through, whatever it might be caused by, we are to submit to that. We're not supposed to run away when the trials come. No, we're supposed to run to God, draw closer to God, allow God to work on us as only He can. So there has to be this submission. There are those times um, that just those things, the things I just mentioned, there are the times that just those things will make you want to run away and hide. Oh, you chicken should have said amen right there. Surely I'm not the only weak one in here. I mean, those things make you want to run and hide, make you want to do something else, make you want to go a different way. I'm talking about us as wicked, born-again sinners and our wicked flesh. Sometimes we just want to go a different way. I mean, it's not comfortable. It's not what we want. But if we're not careful, we'll get to thinking that no one understands us. Well, I've got all these and these pressures and these problems. And we'll get to thinking that nobody understands us and no one tries to understand us. In fact, no one even cares about what I'm going through. And and it's, 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 I'm telling you tonight that it's always good to know that someone cares. It's good to know that. I mean, it's comforting, isn't it? I was telling somebody yesterday also, one of the great reasons, one of the great reasons that we 
that we congregate. One of the great reasons we come together as a church, as a church of God, as, as a family of God. One of the great reasons we do that is to encourage one another to live the life that God would have us to live, to be there for one another, to show other people that we aren't the only ones that are going through these things, that, that we aren't the only ones that are trusting, trusting the Lord, and, and to remind one another that, hey, Jesus cares. He's here for us. We have to always keep that in mind. And there's always hopes for those things that, that burden you down. Because Jesus does truly care. Come on, He's alive. He's a real person. He's, he's the second man of the Trinity. Come on. And, and He does care about us. But however, and I love this verse, but however, if we are going to look at this verse in its context, we have to look at verses 5 and 6 also. It's important. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that. We're going to focus on verse 7. But look at verse number 5 again. It says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So... If you don't write anything else down tonight, if you don't write anything else at all down tonight, you ought to write this down. God is not going to pour out His hope on those that are proud and self-sufficient. No, no, no. You, you get it right. No, no. God is not going to pour out His hope on those that are proud and and self-sufficient. Well, how come? Why should he? If, why should he? If someone has hope in themselves, if all their hope is in themselves, why? Why should God show His power and his, his ability to give peace and hope and all if we're just trusting us and we're not trusting Him? He helps those. That will be subject one, another, one to another and to God. Come on, that's Bible. That's just as much Bible as John chapter 3 and verse and number 16. It's right there in front of us. It's right in front of us. God's not going to help those that are proud and self-sufficient. Because they're dependent upon their self. They're dependent upon what they can do. I'm so thankful we can lean upon God. I'm so thankful that He is there for us. I'm so thankful that He's, He's more real than anything else, I'm telling you. And we can depend upon Him. And then I love verse number 7. It's a great verse. I've run to it time and time and time and time again. But it's not a standalone verse. There's some requirements there. No, no, we have to humble ourselves and admit that we need God's help. Come on, we have to humble ourselves and admit as believers, born again, children of God, we have to admit that, hey, Lord, I need your help. I, I mean, you give me hope. I, I need your help to make it through this life. I need, I, need your help to, uh, I need your help to overcome these things that seem to bombard me on a regular basis. I need your help. But in verse number 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you, um, there are things that we can be assured of by that verse. And one of them is this. This is going to be an encouraging, encouraging statement. 
One of, the, one of those things is this. As believers, born-again children, born-again child of God, children of God, as believers, we will have cares. Preacher, you're always so encouraging. I try. I do my best. I am a realist. And as believers, we will have cares. Th- those, those will come. I, I, looked, up, I looked up this, this word, uh, care. Uh, it comes from a Greek word which I am not going to try to pronounce because I tried several times that this does not sound right. Anyway, it's a Greek word that means this, anxiety. But it goes further than that. The word also means to be pulled in different directions or to be pulled apart. Um, anxiety. You ever feel like you're just being pulled in different directions? Okay, have you ever just got to a place where you felt like because of circumstances, supposed circumstances, whatever the case may be, that you are just being pulled apart? I look this up. An average person's anxiety is focused on 40% of things that will never happen, 30% things about the past that can't be changed, 12% 12% things about criticism by others, mostly untrue. 10% about health, which gets worse with stress, by the way. And then 8% about real problems that will be faced. 8% of anxiety, 8%. But let me say this, let me say this with all that, because I don't want to make light of it. Even just 8%. But the the anxiety itself, no matter what has caused it, is real. The anxiety itself is real. I mean, it is um, devastating, the people of the United States of America, isn't it? Come on, that's why there's all these anxiety medicines and all that out there today. Because the anxiety itself whether it's caused by things that won't happen or things in the past that can't be changed or criticism of others. I don't like gossip. Anyway, or or health, uh, that could be a real problem. Uh, The anxiety is real. So cares are those things that can make you anxious, those things that can make you feel like you are being pulled apart. And when God talks about all your care there, he said casting all your care, when he talks about all your care, we can deduct that, the, uh, that there can be many different cares. There can be many different types. But let's keep it simple. Let's keep it simple tonight for the sake of the message. And let's divide it into three different categories. There are cares or anxieties that we may have concerning our past. Everybody has some kind of a past. And there are cares and anxiety that, that we can have concerning our past. Somebody might say, preacher, preacher, uh, what's in the past is past. It's not a big deal to me. Those things don't, those things don't bother me anymore. Look at, listen, stay with me here. But it's not that easy for some people because of their past. No, 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 it's not, it's not that easy for everybody because of their past. There are some that are absolutely haunted by their past. It's a real thing. They're haunted by it. There are those that struggle with past disappointments in their lives that they cannot seem to get over. 
There are others that, are, that, uh, that struggle with, the, with uh, unfaithfulness acts of the past. Uh, maybe some acts of violence or maybe some just past failures on the part of other people or even failures on their own. There's people out there that struggle with immoral sins of their past, things they should not have been doing. And some even struggle with secret sins that nobody even knows about. But they still struggle with that. Things of the past. Things that they've done. Things that have happened. They still struggle with those things. And the struggle is real. Whatever case. No, no, no. Listen to me. Whatever case, the struggles are real. The care is real. The anxiety, it can be very real. Absolutely so. Have you ever thought about the way the the Apostle Paul felt about his past? I mean, he was a Christian killer. He's persecuting Christians. Killing them. Throwing them in prison. And no, no, and there are many, many times that he talked about how he had persecuted the church, and it sure seems like his past bothered him, bothers, bothered, bothered him just as much or more than it did anyone else. It bothered him. He brought it up a lot. Are, are there cares of the past that you just can't seem to let go of? I mean, no matter how hard you try, preacher, I'm telling you, things just haunt me. And there's some things, and I wished I wouldn't have done this, and I wished I wouldn't have done that. And there's some, some things that just haunt me about my past. Well, I mean, that's, that's part. But, 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 but the second group, just dividing it into three groups, there are those that have cares and anxieties because of things happening right now in the present. Because things happening right now, day to day, things going on in their life. I, 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 no, no, I, I do believe that we would have a hard time. I do believe that we would have a hard time believing um, the cares, the concerns, the anxieties that are going on right now in the lives of people around us. I think we'd have a hard time even believing the cares, the anxieties of people that are sitting in this auditorium. And then we could go beyond that. The people that we work with or family members, I mean, however far you want to go. I think we would have a hard time believing uh, uh, the anxieties that are going on with people like that. And and I'm not sure we could even imagine, uh, begin to uh, uh, imagine, even name all the names of the possibilities. But a good list of things that might cause anxiety in people's lives right now might be something like this, COVID-19. That seems to be a big worrier right now. Come on, I'm not making light of it because I know some people have been very sick of that. Some people are still very sick. I'm not making light of it, but I'm telling you, I, I, I believe it's brought a lot of anxiety, don't you? A lot of care. COVID-19, health issues, job securities, financial problems. Marriage issues, because, you know, have been trapped at home for eight weeks. Sorry, I had to get a little levity in there somewhere. Problems with children. Family troubles. Automobile problems. Demands and the pressures that go along with those demands. Social Security benefits. I mean, I could go on and on. This list could go on and on and on. Things that people are really anxious about today in the society that we live in. People worried about, about the things that are, are going on in their life. And, and, and the things that are going on in our lives right now, without a doubt, can seem like quite the load. 
I'm not making light of it. I'm not. Not at all. Because it can seem like quite the load. We can get concerned, can't we, about things. When things are, when times get hard and you wonder how you're going to pay your car payment or pay your rent or pay your house payment or how the kids are going to have clothes or whatever the case may be. You know, whatever the case may be in all those things, things can get hard. And then the third thing, of course, the cares and the anxieties that can be related to the future. What's going to happen? What's going to take place? I read an article that said that uh, even with the businesses opening, that it could take up to two years to get back to where we were. Now, I don't know how much truth is in that. I'm praying that it's not. But just that. No, think about that with me. Just a minute. If you were a business owner and you'd been shut down, and then you read an article that's in the newspaper that says, oh, it's going to take about two years for businesses to ever get back. Mercy, I believe that caused some anxiety, don't you think? I mean, caused some real concern. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. And, 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 and I know as believers that we have reason to live joy-filled lives. I said we can live a joy-filled life, no matter what's going on and, and what's going to happen in the future. But, but that cannot be done if we're not trusting the one that holds tomorrow. And he does hold tomorrow. Look, we can, we can truly make our own lives miserable. I said we can make our own lives miserable, completely void of any joy. I mean, besides that which we work to drum up. You know, joy to just try to, try to keep a smile on our face. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, we, we can make our own lives miserable. If we're always living in what-if land. It's a miserable place to live. And that's exactly where some people live. Well, what if, and what if, and I don't know, and what if, and, 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 and listen to me, let me see. What-if land, pretty much, what-if land is all about the bad that may happen. Wouldn't be a bad thing to live in what if land it was all about the good. Man, what if God blesses us tomorrow? What if I get a new car tomorrow? What if somebody gives me a million dollars tomorrow? Just throwing ideas out. What if land does not, uh, does not usually project a good future? But it will rob us of the life that God wants us to have while we're here. Living in what-if land. Well, preacher, you know, preacher, we just we can't be assured. I mean, there's things that are going to happen, you know, and, and we can't be assured how that's all going to turn out. I know. And God knows. He knows. I said, we cannot live in what-if land and dwell on all those things that might happen if it's all going to be negative. Why well, come, preacher? Because it will leave you living a life that is void of the joy of the Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. George Mueller, some of you read uh, his uh, autobiography or biography, George Mueller said, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. 
And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. I think that's a great quote. I mean a great quote. All the anxieties and cares that we carry are either over the past, the present, or the future. But it doesn't need to be that way. Not at all. No, 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 no. No, no. It doesn't need to be that way. Because we have hope. We have hope that unbelievers do not have. Come on. Come on. We've been saved by the grace of God. Yes, preacher, I know that I'm saved by the grace of God. It's a wonderful thing. My sins have been forgiven. My name is written in heaven. I'm going to have a home up there, a mansion one of these days. I can't wait. It's going to be great. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You believe God forgave all of your sin, that he saved your soul, that he has sealed you, that where you can't lose your salvation, that your name is written in heaven, that you have a mansion waiting with your name on it, and yet you can't trust him for tomorrow? Or today? Well, preacher, what are the believers supposed to do with all these cares? Well, it says right here, casting all your care upon him. Well, who, preacher? Who are we supposed to cast all our care on? Are we supposed to cast our care on our neighbors? I mean, are are, are we supposed to cast our care on our friends, our our, our relatives? Preacher, are we supposed to cast our care on our doctors, our, our psychologists? Are we supposed to cast our care on Facebook? No, 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 no. That may have been an extra no. No to none of those. We're to cast our care upon God. The one that wants to bear our burdens. The Lord Jesus Christ, the one that died for our sin, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest from your cares. He'll give us rest from those. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He hath. He hath. Let me, let me tell you. Oh, stop. 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 Let, me, let me tell you why a lot of people continue to carry their own cares, bear their own burdens. Let me tell you why. Because they don't trust God. No, no, no. They don't place their faith in God. Well, preacher, I know we're supposed to cast all our care upon the Lord, but you know. No, I don't. Explain to me. No, I don't. Well, you know, I'm just human. We all are. All of us are. But we have a great God. He's up there alive and well. He's the one that gave us this book. He did. He's the one that said to cast all our care upon him. He did. A lot of people don't trust God. No, they say they trust God, but they don't trust God. They've trusted Him for salvation, and then somewhere along the way, they haven't grown in their faith. They haven't, they haven't gotten grounded in what the Word of God says. Something along the way has messed up. Because we ought to be able to trust Him with this. If we can trust Him with our soul, we ought to be able to trust Him with the cares of this life. Truly. But it takes, no, 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 I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but, but it takes concentrated effort to do it. 
well, preacher, you know, I'm just hoping that one of these days that God will remove all this care, all these burdens. I'm just hoping one of these days God will do that. It says to cast all your care upon Him. He wants it. But He wants us to be dependent on Him. And how better to be dependent on Him when we decide, hey, He's big enough to carry this. I believe I'll talk to Him about it. I believe I'll just cast all this on Him. I believe I'll quit carrying this from day to day. I I, I believe that I'll just trust Him enough since He saved my soul. I believe I'll just trust Him enough to carry these burdens so I can sleep better at night. I I believe I don't have to walk the floor and fret and fume about while this is going on. I don't have to worry and live in what-if land because I've got a great God that knows what tomorrow's going to hold. And no matter what might, no matter what might come forth in the future, I know he'll be there. These are great thoughts. Testing all your care upon him. And we can. All of it. Turn over to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation 1. You see here. Yeah, Revelation 1. Look down there. Look at verse number 8. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. So there's something that we must keep in mind about Jesus that will help us in such times if we will allow it to do so. Absolutely. We know that John the Revelator who wrote the book of the Revelation, John Revelator was boiled in oil. They tried to kill him, the Apostle John. Boiled in oil and then cast out onto the Isle of Patmos to die. He was out there. God had a different plan. I said God had a different plan for him. And there on that island, Jesus revealed himself to John. And he revealed himself as the Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the ending, which is, that's the present, and which was, that's the past, and which is to come, that's the future. The Almighty, He's there for past, present, and future anxieties and cares. He's there for us, no matter what. Look on down in that same uh, chapter, down to verse number uh, 17, verse 17. Verse 17 says this, and when I saw him, John, John speaking, and when he saw the Lord, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Can you imagine seeing him in all of his glory? That's probably right where I'd be too, right down there at his feet. He said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand, and he laid his right hand upon me. He's the God of all comfort. Oh, come on, he saw him in all of his glory, and all he could do was just fall at his feet and just lay there. It's like, oh, mercy sakes alive, what is going on? And Jesus reached out with his right hand, just, hey, John. Oh, okay, I'm telling you, the God of all comfort. And it goes on, saying unto me, fear not, because here, no, no, look up here, perfect love casteth out all fear. Fear not. Fear not. 
I am the first and the last. Then he goes on, verse number 18. I am, I am he that liveth, that's present, and was dead, that's past. And behold, I am alive forevermore, that's future. Amen, and have the keys of hell and death. Okay. He has the keys of hell and death. We have trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Somebody say amen. We've trusted Him. There's been a time that we fell under conviction and we got down and we said, Lord, I know that I'm a wicked sinner in need of a Savior and I want you to forgive my sin and save my soul. And God did. He did. Right there, just like that. Because No, 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 because God always keeps His Word. And I'm telling you, when we come to Him, no, no, when we earnestly, honestly come to Him, not because somebody else did, not because mom and dad think we should, not because grandma and grandpa tried to just get us to say a prayer, not just so we're trying to appease somebody else, but we come to Him under conviction, knowing we need a Savior, coming to Him and asking Him to save our soul, He does. We've come to Him and we have asked Him to save our soul. He has the keys of hell and death. We, we're never going to die. No, no, it's old flesh to die, but we're never going to die. Never, 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 never. We do not have to worry a millisecond about going to hell. That's already been taken care of by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the forgiveness He gave us for sin. Hallelujah. And then, and then just... Pile this on top of that. He, he, he is here for the, for the present and for the past and for the future. Now, now, stay with me. Think about all the cares that you have. Just think about them. Oh, you young people, you have cares too. Don't sit out there and act like you don't. You have cares too. You have cares about what's going on in your life right now. You have cares about what's going to happen in the future. How's that? Why, why? I don't know what's going to. No, you have cares too. Absolutely. Think about all the cares that you have right now. Because all of them have to do with either the past or the present or the future. So we have to be willing, we must be willing to trust Jesus. Come on, he died for our past sins, he died for our present sins, he died for our future sins, hallelujah. He's alive and well, and he lives to make intercession for you and I 24-7. He secured our future once we put our faith and trust in him as our personal savior. He secured our future. Okay, preacher, preacher, fine. You, you know, you're, you're doing all this hollering. So what do we do, pastor? We cast our cares on Jesus. But this is something you must decide to do and then put energy into it to do it. Put energy into it. I'm going to give this to the Lord. I am going to spend time giving this to God. We're going to cast our care on Him. Back in our text, that word casting. Casting. The Greek word means to throw upon or to place upon or to, look up here, look up here, or to hand them over. 
Just hand them over. I don't know what I'm going to do about my future. I don't know what's going on. And I just wish things were different. And I don't know. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You're supposed to cast all those cares upon the Lord. You're supposed to hand those over. And this word in the Greek is in the aortist active. It's an aortist active participle is what it is. What does that mean, preacher? Well, basically means this. No, it basically means this. You, you, can, you, can, you can study it for yourself, but here's what, it, here's what it means. Do it now! That's not real hard. That Greek word is kind of hard to understand. That ain't hard to understand, is it? When it talks about casting... It means, do it now. What are you trying to get to, preacher? Look, this isn't something that God wants us to dwell on for some time and, and then decide, well, you know, but I need to think some things through. I'm a preacher, I need to think some things through. And I'm reading a book right now. I'm reading this book, and man, I'm telling you, it's kind of exploring all these things that I'm kind of feeling, you know, and all these feelings, all these things. So I'm reading this book, you know, and I, I you know, I need to dwell on this. I need to think about this for a while. I, 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 no, 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 no. This isn't something that God wants us to dwell on for a time and then decide whether or not we want to trust Him enough to go ahead and do it. No, He's saying, casting all your care upon Him now. Now. When, that would, when, when, when would that be, preacher? Well, I looked it up in the Greek, and that word now means now. Okay, I didn't look it up in the Greek, but that word now means now. It means now. Cast all your care upon Him now. Look, you are either going to give your anxieties and your cares to Jesus now, or you're going to continue to carry them yourself. Young and old alike. I said, you're either going to give those cares to... You know, one of the best things that ever happened to me... Uh, 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 I'm telling you, when, 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 when I finally stepped out by faith to do what God would want me to do and said, Lord, I'm stepping out. If I fall, you're going to have to catch me. I'm just stepping out. I'm trusting you. With all of these things, I'm telling you, one of the best things that ever happened. He's never let me down. He's always been there for me. And so when things have happened in my life since that time, are you still with me here? Since things have happened like that, uh, things have happened to me since that time, things in our life have happened since that time, I'm telling you, it, it can be a decision where you just decide, oh mercy, I'm trusting God with this. I've got to take this to God. I've got to cast this on God. I can't carry this. I'll be a mess. I can't dwell on this day and night. I, I, I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to go on. I've got to cast these things on God. Okay, preacher. Well, boy, that makes for good preaching and everything. But, you know, do you really, do you really think it works? I mean, do you really think it works? Well, let me ask you a question. No, no, look up here. We're going to have a quiz. You ready? Who is God using to write to us here? Not a trick question. 
Did anybody say anything because I'm deaf as I am dumb? Peter. He's using Peter to write this to us. Peter. Of all people. Peter. He's using Peter. Do you think that Peter had any experiences maybe along the way that taught him that Jesus can handle all our cares? And he may have had a few experiences in his own life when he was wondering, where's God? Man, what are we going to do now? You think you ever had times like that? Mercy, we could go, no, no, if we wanted to go another hour in Bible study, we could go look at a lot of places. Nobody raised their hand, so I guess we won't. We know, no, 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 Peter, Peter learned along the way. Jesus healed his mother-in-law. Jesus gave him fishing lessons, remember? Come on, he'd been fishing all night. Jesus said, hey, just throw your, throw your, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And Jesus gave him some lessons, and, and he, he filled up his net, Amen. Jesus paid taxes, paid Peter's taxes with money that was found in a fish's mouth, proving to Peter that he could meet all of his needs. Jesus pulled him out of the deep when he sank while walking on the water. And that not only saved him at that time, please don't go to sleep on me, not only saved him at that time, but then he calmed the storm. Jesus... Jesus replaced the ear of Malchus after Peter lopped it off with his sword in the garden. What are we going to do now? Malchus's ear is laying on the ground. No, no, Jesus is able to take care of all problems. I'm saying Jesus is there for us no matter what happens. Look, he proved it to Peter, and he's proved a lot of it to you and me. Look, Jesus bailed Peter out of jail when he was facing a death sentence. Don't worry, Peter, I got your back. Well, preacher, those are good stories. No, they're not just stories. It really happened. All of it really happened. I think it's the part we have to get into our mind, Brother John. We have to get in our mind that, man, isn't this a fairy tale book? All this stuff truly happened. And I think if the Apostle Peter, I think if he was here tonight, then we could ask him, hey, hey, Peter, can Jesus handle all of the cares that we might face in this life? I think, I, think, I think Peter would answer with a very resounding yes. And you know what you need to do? You need to cast your care upon him now. I think that's the way he'd answer. Absolutely. Come on. Peter was pretty good about putting it off, wasn't he? Until Jesus proved him, and he's just like, man, oh man, ain't no turning back now. That's where we all need to be. Total trust and dependence upon him. To where we can bring anything to him. Anything, 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 anything to him. Lay it before him and say, I can't carry this anymore. Way too heavy for me. This thing's eating me up on the inside, Lord. I really need you to, I really need you to take it from me. We cast it upon him. We, 
we, we hand it over to him. We, 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 mm. Well, Brother Marshall, <laughs> you know, I, it, look, look, Brother Marshall, I'm, I'm not sure that that's going to work for me. I mean, I'm, really, I'm just really not sure it's going to work for me. I mean, I, I mean, what, what makes you so sure, preacher, that that's going to work for me? Well, let's consider this, and we'll, 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 we'll pick up sides. We'll, pick, we'll choose sides. We'll go home. Let's consider this. Now, the reason that it's going to work, let's consider this. The foundation of casting our care upon him, the foundation of it. Now, it's right there in verse 7 also. For he careth for you. The basis of our casting, our care on him is that he careth for you. Okay, just think about a couple of things we've seen here in the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, the first part of that verse says this, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. So think about this, Jesus died for you. No, he died for you. He died for you and you and you. Let me just point fingers. He died for you. He went through all that he did, being nailed to the cross, shedding his blood to save us from our sin, and he did that of his own will because he cares for you. He cares for you. Man, if he cared enough to die for us, don't you think he cares enough to take care of us while we're living? And you're not saved because, because of any, any special works that you've done. You're saved because Jesus cares. And, and beyond that here in, in, in 1 Peter chapter number 3. And uh, chapter number 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be uh, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance, I love it, incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept, you and I, are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So Jesus not only saved our soul, or not only died for us, but he made us heirs. We have an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven. And the Bible goes on to say we are kept by His power. Nobody can ever take it away. Nobody. Look, no matter what might come up in your life, no matter what might come up in your life, no, no matter what life might throw onto your plate. No, no matter what fears that you might have in your heart, even about tomorrow, you have to always remember, Jesus cares. And He does. <clears throat> Let me ask you. I'm done. Let me ask you. Are there things that have you down? We've gone through a lot the past eight to ten weeks. Are, are there things that have you down? Things that, maybe, no, no, no. Maybe things about your past. Maybe things that are happening today. 
Maybe you have real anxieties about tomorrow. Maybe even this COVID-19 scare. And I'm telling you, when those things get to eating on us, when those things, no, no, when when we let that anxiety run wild, I'm telling you, even though others are around at times, you feel as like, you feel as though no one cares. No, I'm asking you, are you having a rough time with this? Whether it's the past, the present, or the future, are you having a rough time uh, time with this? I'm here to tell you tonight, look to the one that saved your soul. Because uh, there ain't no cares too big for Jesus. And He's here to meet our need. Absolutely so. Let's stand to our feet. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for the Bible. Thank You that You love us enough to send Your only begotten Son. Thank You, Lord, that He loved us enough to do what He did, that we might know You in a free pardon of sin. And I have no idea what folks are going through, whether right here in this room or watching by live stream. I have no real idea what folks might be facing and going through, what anxieties and cares, um, Lord, they're facing. I I, I know they're real. I just pray folks will uh, cast all their care upon You. Because you care for us. Lord, even as we open up the altar tonight, I pray, dear God, your perfect will would be done in the lives of people. Lord, please help us. We pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, piano's going to play, altar's open. Some have already come. You need to come, why don't you? No, maybe there's things that, I mean, that have really, really been on you. You've not voiced them to anybody. Maybe nobody even knows that it's eating on you the way that it is. Maybe, maybe you've gotten pretty good about putting on a front about those things. No need to put on a front any longer. I said no need to put on a front any longer. Just cast all your care on Him.